The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Tone Factory recording studios in Las Vegas, the Craft House Brewery, Moonshot.com, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. The Fuller House cast just wrapped up production of their fifth and final run of the reboot, the original Full House series. One of the more popular stars is Andrea Barber, who played Kimmy Gibbler. And you know that time between Full House and Fuller House has been extremely busy for Andrea. She talks about all of that in her new memoir called Full Circle. I've got Andrea Barber on the line right now in Los Angeles. Welcome. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Great. It's funny because when the uh, person, the producer, was setting up the call, I think she almost said, we'll be with you with Kimmy Gibbler in just a few moments. <laughs> I mean, I think you're just... <laughs> I guess that's good and bad. I that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I love it. I, I love this character, so I don't mind that people will accidentally call me by by her name, it's great. People do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on your book, Full Circle. Got to be kind of therapeutic to have written this, wasn't it? It was very therapeutic. Um, there's something about sitting down and examining your life as a whole and putting it putting those, putting those, it to paper, putting those words to paper um, over a short period of time <laughs> and, you know, examining some really difficult periods of my life that I had kind of, you know, filed away and didn't really want to think about it anymore, but um, getting it down on paper and sharing it with the world um, has been very cathartic. How do you do that, though? What is the writing process? Do you have people you're collaborating with who are who are helping you out? Um, I had an editor that I worked with um, who would give me feedback, but I did write the book 100% myself, and the best advice I got from her was, you know, just don't have a plan. When you sit down, just write for a period of time. Don't have a page goal but just sit down for, let's say, two hours a day, and whatever comes out, comes out, um, and it's not going to be perfect. Like, the best writers are rewriters. So you just have yeah. to sit down and put in the time and the work, and it'll it'll come out really poorly at first, but then you rewrite it and until it becomes something, um, you know, comprehensible and, and, and relatable. You, you're... That's how I did. I just kind of did word vomits on my, on my computer <laughs> for, for several weeks at a time until it sort of took shape. Yeah, and I mean, you're very honest in the book. You you talk about going through therapy for depression and anxiety, and it must really resonate with your fans. They must really relate to this in many ways. Yeah, I've gotten great feedback. Um, and by great feedback, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm bragging, but just feedback that people, something's resonating with people who are reading my book. Um, and it, my hope in writing the book was that it would create this culture of of sharing and openness and no no more shame, no more stigma about having um, what are very common mental illnesses, you know, depression, anxiety. Um, this is very common that people are going through this, and um, I didn't want to be silent about it anymore. I wanted to share it, and people are responding just, and they're saying, you know what, I, I, I. I feel the same way, or you put into words things that I've been feeling for years but never was able to say. And um, it's just really, that, that, that in turn helps me, too. You know, it's kind of, when people share with me, I feel, I feel like um, I'm not as alone either. So I think creating this com- community of, 
of openness has been very therapeutic, not just for me, but for people who read the book as well. And I'm assuming that part of that depression and anxiety made it really tough to struggle with the public persona versus your private life. I know that now you've got kids and and, and all that. Yeah. No, I, I, I do talk a lot in the book about how I struggle with the concept of celebrity and um, the publicness of celebrity and red carpets and social media and how it's all very overwhelming for somebody like me who's introverted and anxious. Um, that's a, that's a concept that I still struggle with, um, even to this day, although I've gotten more comfortable with it over the last five years since Fuller House uh, came back into existence. Um, but yeah, you know, there's times where being a celebrity is very much at odds with my mental health. Um, but I've, I've learned ways of coping and becoming more comfortable with it and, and speaking up and when, I, when I'm not comfortable with things. And um, mostly I just try to avoid the red carpets because that's a very stressful situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't go unless I absolutely have to. I know that sounds weird and everybody thinks, oh, my gosh, you know, you're so lucky they get to go to, you know, awards shows or red carpets. And I'm like, no, I'd rather be on my couch watching these shows. Much more comfortable there. You know, I'm very impressed that between Full House and Fuller House, you earned not only a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree and kind of built a career in international education. Congratulations on that one. Thank you. I'm very proud of that one. That was a very special time in my life um, of being a student, you know, and just being a student for the first time in my life. I had grown up uh, being a student and a child actor my whole life. Uh, and so for the first time, I turned 18 and I was just a student for the first time. And that was a glorious, glorious period of my life. And um, yeah, and especially when I studied abroad in college, I went to Copenhagen, Denmark, and spent four months there. Um, and then I also did an internship in Geneva, Switzerland for the United Nations. And those those were transformative experiences. Wow. Um, I just discovered so much about myself and my my country, you know, the, the country I was living in, but also about being an American. I learned a lot about um, America in the eyes of non-Americans. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And then I, I chose that as my career after my postgraduate studies. I really wanted uh, students to have similar experiences as far as finding themselves and um, you know, just, just learning about the world around them from a different perspective than the American's perspective. It was a very fulfilling time in my life. And you went to public high school. I can't imagine a kid who was on a hit TV show doing that anymore, right? I mean, with social media and everything else, it's just not possible, is it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't that common back when I was doing it, you know, back in the 90s. Um, and the kids, the kids from Fuller House now, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they go to public school. I think that they're mostly, uh, they do like home independent studies now. Um, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It added, you know, to my sense of normalcy, you know, and that's where my friends were, you know, they were, you know, in my hometown at my high school and that we would go to basketball games on Friday nights or football games, depending on the season. Um, you know, I went to my prom and my winter formal, and I loved I loved those friends and those experiences. I really think that helped keep me grounded. Um, you know, my 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 life was in my hometown. It wasn't in Hollywood. I worked in Hollywood, but my life really resided in Whittier, California, which is where I grew up. 
when Jeff Franklin approached you about doing the reboot, the Fuller House series, any hesitation on your part or was it an instant yes? It was an instant yes, which <laughs> surprised me uh, because I never thought I would go back to Hollywood. I, I had left that business behind. <laughs> I thought never again. But um, there's something about Full House that was there was something magical on that set. Um, and I, I think a lot, a lot of that is because of the chemistry between the cast, which is what you see on TV, that's real. Like, that is our, our chemistry. We love each other like like real family members. And to get the opportunity to come back and not only just work with some of my favorite people in life again, but to get to bring Kimmy Gibbler to life again. She's such a fun character to play. Yeah. Um, she's just, she's wonderful. She's, out, she's zany and she's, you know, loud and out, outlandish and she wears great clothes. <laughs> uh, it was so exciting to get to bring that character to life again. It, it's just been, it's been such a blessing. We loved watching that show with our kids when they were growing up. And it just seems like Jeff Franklin Productions in general, he was the type of person who took care of the kids on the set. Yes. No, we, we were fortunate um, on Full House to have a great, great experience. Um, and that goes for all of our executive producers. They, they really cared more about the people than the production. And they wanted to make sure the kids came first. You know, it, and, and a great example of that is, um, you know, when it came time for me to go to my winter formal, my winter formal at my public high school was on a Friday night and we taped in front of a live audience uh, on Friday night. So I was really sad that I wasn't going to get to go. But um, our executive producers rearranged the schedule and pre-taped um, all of my scenes. And that was so that I could leave the taping early and go to my winter formal with my my boyfriend at the time. So uh, it was cool. We got ready on the set. Our hair and makeup people did my hair and makeup, my little updo for <laughs> my winter formal dress. <laughs> right. The pictures in front of the fake the fake fireplace on the set in the Tanner home. And then I, I left and went to my winter, you know, so that was great. You don't see that anymore. You know, you don't see that. It, it, nobody would do that. Rearrange an entire production schedule so a, a, a kid could go to their their dance at school. Um, that was a very, you know, that, that really meant a lot to me. That's really great. So Fuller House has wrapped. The production is done. And it seems like there were more stories to tell. Is there a chance that this would come back in some other way in the future? Oh, man, I would love that. It, it, you're right. There's more stories to tell. We, we feel like it's not finished yet. But um, according to Netflix, it's finished, at least for the near future. But if we were to ever have the opportunity to come back and do the show, you know, maybe a, a third version, like a fullest house or a, <laughs> like a golden girl style, <laughs> you know, raising the grandchildren. Um, I know that we would do it in a heartbeat. It, it, it's such a special experience. We all, we all want to keep doing it forever. Yeah. It's amazing too, that when Netflix picked it up, it had been rejected by other networks. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the big reboot craze. Now everybody is doing a reboot. But at the time, it had never been done. So the networks were were very, um, you know, leery of it. They were just like, yeah, I don't think people want to see that again. Why would they want to see a reboot of this show? And we thought, you know, you don't understand our fan base. The Full House fan base is very loyal. And they will they will come back and they will watch it and they will watch it over and over and over and over our fans love watching reruns and they can they can recite every line by heart. 
Um, so we knew it, it would be a hit, but it was hard convincing the networks to, to pick up the show. But, um, you know, there was one person at Netflix who was like, you know what? I think we've got a, a hit on our hands. And, and he was right. And it, it's been great. And it has been ironic to see all of the other reboots you know, come into existence because it's yeah. the way for them. But uh, By the way, before I let you go, was there any thought, did you ever hear from the Olsen twins that they might at least return for a moment? No, I think they were pretty firm from the very beginning. And, and we tried, you know, our, our Jeff Franklin really tried. He really wanted them, you know, in any way to, you know, make a phone call or do a FaceTime or just walk in for one scene. But they, they, they moved, they made it very clear they've moved on and, they're very successful in their fashion business. Right. No interest in returning to, to Hollywood or being on camera again. And I, I can absolutely respect that and understand that feeling. Andrea Barber's book, Full Circle, is available everywhere. Fuller House is streaming on Netflix. Great to talk to you and, and best of luck in the future. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this. Thank you. You know, at the end of the day, Fuller House had a good run. Fans of the show have always been nostalgic about the original series, and it gave them a look at how the cast members turned out. And now the cast has that final chance to say goodbye. Netflix, of course, looked at the declining viewership and said, enough was enough. How rude. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud. Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.